Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Cole and it is Jelly Bean Season, gang. If you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way is to find me on Twitter at How Good It Is Pod or. You can leave a comment on the website, howgooditis.com, where you can find some additional trivia, follow-ups, and other things that I found interesting. And don't forget to check out and follow the show's Facebook page over at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. It's arguably the most famous rock and roll recording of all time, and it never made the charts. Led Zeppelin's song Stairway to Heaven gets its origins about a year before it was recorded. The band had just finished their fifth concert tour of the United States, and singer Robert Plant and guitarist Jimmy Page were spending some time resting up at Brawny R, which is a remote cottage in Wales. And yes, that's about how it's pronounced. And yes, Brawny R is the inspiration for the song Brawny R Stomp on the Led Zeppelin 3 album, despite the misspelling on the uh, album cover. In fact, Brawny R was where that entire album was written. Anyway. Up until that point, the epic centerpiece song of their concerts had been dazed and confused, but they were looking for something to replace it. Now, they knew they wanted something that would build an intensity, and Page had some ideas, but he was having trouble with coming up with a way to present it to the others because it starts out acoustic and then moves to electric. Page said in an interview with NPR that after they'd gotten the initial ideas down, they went to the practice studio in Headley Grange and he would play the acoustic guitar, then he would jump up and pick up the electric guitar. Now, Robert Plant, meanwhile, was just sitting in the corner writing stuff down, and all of a sudden, he got up and started singing along with one of the run-throughs. According to Page, he had about 80% of the lyrics worked out at that point. Now, Robert Plant's version of this is that for some reason, he was in a very bad mood, and then all of a sudden, he started writing out the words, kind of implying that something else was moving the pencil for him. So you got the cottage in the middle of nowhere, and then you've got the dusty old mansion of Headley Grange providing backups uh, for the origin story. There's kind of a semi-mystical thing going on there. According to Stephen Davis's 2008 book about Led Zeppelin, the lyrics were a reflection of stuff that Robert Plant had been reading recently. He specifically mentions that Plant had been reading books by Lewis Spence, who was a scholar of the occult, and specifically notes that Plant had been reading Spence's magic arts in Celtic Britain as a lyric source. Davis also writes that late 1970, Jimmy Page revealed the song's existence to a music reporter in London, saying, quote, It's an idea for a really long track. You know how dazed and confused and songs like that were broken into sections? Well, we want to try something new with the organ and acoustic guitar building up and building up, and then the electric part starts. It might be a 15-minute track, unquote. The finished song wound up having several sections to it. It opens up slowly with the six-string guitar and four recorders played in a Renaissance style. Incidentally, whenever they played this live, the recorders were reproduced using a Mellotron and then later on a Yamaha synthesizer organ. Next, the instruments go electric. Robert Plant is still singing in his mid-vocal range. You might also notice that as the song moves forward, the layers start to build on one another. We don't even get drums until we're more than halfway through the track. 
and the tempo picks up a little bit more and we're given a long guitar solo. Supposedly Jimmy Page had actually worked out three different solos and had a hard time deciding which one to keep. actually start to pick up a little bit more as we move into the second to last section which is some genuine hard rock that releases all the tension. At this point Robert Plant has also moved into his higher singing range which has that falsetto feel to it. it comes down to the acapella epilogue. Now Jimmy Page had another acoustic piece for this part, but they decided that it sounded better without it. But if you listen, you can hear the instruments are allowed to fade naturally as Plant sings so that the only part that's truly acapella is those last three words. And that's what Stairway to Heaven would sound like if it were three and a half minutes long. Jimmy Page said to Rolling Stone magazine in 1975 that Stairway to Heaven crystallized the essence of the band. It had everything there, and it showed the band as its best as a unit. But while he clearly thinks highly of the song, Robert Plant has backed off a little bit on it. In fact, he's referred to it as a wedding song and insists that his favorite Led Zeppelin song is Cashmere. He said once in 1977 that there's only so many times you can sing it and mean it, and after a while it just becomes sanctimonious. Now, after the band broke up, Plant refused to sing it except on rare occasions, including 1985's Live Aid when the surviving members played the song and at the Atlantic Records 40th anniversary concert in 1988 with John Bonham's son Jason playing the drums. But Plant made it clear that he was mostly doing Atlantic Records a favor by singing it then because they'd been with Atlantic for 20 years at that point. Plant may have softened his stance on a little bit since then, since he has come back to it on a few occasions. Now, Led Zeppelin was adamant that the song not be released as a single, which forced buyers to purchase the entire album. But if you look around on eBay and such, you can find promotional copies that were sent to radio stations in the United States and in the UK, and there are some jukebox copies available with Stairway on one side and both Black Dog and Rock and Roll on the other. But be prepared to pay a few hundred bucks for those. 
But here's something kind of interesting in that vein. Back in 2007, Led Zeppelin's entire catalog was finally made available as legal digital downloads, which meant that all of their tracks were eligible for the UK singles chart. As a result, at the end of that week in November, that would be the week of November 12th, the original version of Stairway to Heaven charted for the first time, entering their version of the Hot 100 over there at number 37. That was the highest position it attained, but it managed to stay on the chart for four weeks. In the US, it peaked at number 30 on the digital songs chart so while i said it never really charted it kind of did now there are a couple of controversies that i should probably cover here the first is that the uh, contention that stairway to heaven sounds an awful lot like a 1968 instrumental track called taurus by the band spirit So members of that band filed a copyright infringement suit in 2014, and it went to a jury in April of 2016. And while the similarities were acknowledged, the jury ruled unanimously that it did not amount to infringement. The verdict was appealed about a year ago, and so far as I know, that's about where it stands now. The other controversy goes back to 1982, when a television program on the uh, Christian network Trinity Broadcasting claimed that satanic messages were hidden in a bunch of uh, popular songs uh, through a technique called backmasking. Essentially, if you played the song backward, you'd hear the decoded messages. Here's the passage from Stairway to Heaven that they claimed had the message. Okay, and here it is backward. You're supposed to be listening for Here's to My Sweet Satan and I Sing Because I Live with Satan. This actually led to a California assemblyman proposing a state law that would require warning labels on records containing backmasking. Fortunately, in this case, sanity prevailed and the law didn't happen. For its part, Led Zeppelin mostly ignored the claims. The label, Swan Song, response uh, was that their turntables only play in one direction forwards. About a year later, Robert Plant told Musician Magazine that the song was written with every best intention, and as far as backmasking was concerned, that wasn't his idea of making music. Like all good and popular songs, Stairway to Heaven has been covered a few times. Here are just a couple of them. This first one has some surface noise to it, so don't adjust your podcast player. In 1977, a band called Little Roger and the Goosebumps released a parody version of the song. Unfortunately, they were sued by Led Zeppelin's lawyers and wound up paying a lot of money in damages. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship 
The mate was a mighty sailing man, skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Now, despite the lawsuit, Robert Plant once said, he told this to NPR in 2005, it was one of his favorite covers of the song. Now the ships are ground on the shore of this uncharted Hard rock slash reggae band Dread Zeppelin released a cover of Stairway to Heaven on their second album. Dread Zeppelin members said they waited until the second album to record it so that people would actually buy the second album. And the song did, in fact, manage to chart in the UK, topping out at number 62. This one's from 1997, and as you can hear, it's being played in kind of a jazz waltz style. The singer, Pat Boone. What she came for. It was part of his album In a Metal Mood, where he gave the same treatment to a bunch of hard rock songs, including Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train, Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water, and Metallica's Enter Sandman. On its own merit, it's really not a bad album, even if most people treat it as a joke gift, and Boone's longtime fans weren't at all happy with it. But I think, if anything, it demonstrates that good songs translate very well to other musical genres. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. Back in 2002, the song was covered by Dolly Parton in a rather stripped-down acoustic recording. This one received a lot of praise from Robert Plant. He liked the way it came out. disappointing part of that uh, Dolly Parton track is that she doesn't say, does anyone remember laughter? Okay. Just me. Let me share one more with you. 
1990, the song was added to the Muzak playlist. Now, I'm not sure if this is the specific recording, but it's close enough that you'll get the idea. It's a solo harp rendering of the song. And while it's not bad specifically, the idea behind Muzak is to provide a kind of invisible background to workplace settings. The problem was a lot of people actually noticed that they were listening to Stairway to Heaven, which is the opposite of what Muzak tries to do. So they took it out of their programming. I'm going to leave you with one more bit of trivia. Monday Morning Replay magazine, which is aimed at the radio trade, calculated in the late 1990s that Stairway was still being played about 4,200 times per year by the 67 largest album-oriented rock stations in the United States. Now, by their math, if the song had been played five times a day during the first three months after it was released, twice a day for the next nine months after that, once a day for the next four years, and two to three times a week for the next 15 years, and there were roughly 600 album-oriented rock stations in the U.S. at that time, that meant that the song had been broadcast a minimum of 2,784 times. At eight minutes per play, well, you do the math, that comes out to almost 44 years total that the song has been played on the radio. And that was 20 years ago. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, don't forget, you can always email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. Next time around, we're going to discover how good it is to have Betty Davis eyes. And a personal note to my friend Kathy, this has nothing to do with you. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you then. <laughs>